Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today I've got a lovely, wonderful guest. Her name is Terika Wright. Good morning to you, Terika. Good morning, or shall I say good evening, Lynn? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, evening, 6 o'clock p.m. here in Spain. Where is it where you are right now for the benefit of our listeners? Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles, California, and it's 9 a.m. Excellent. So you've got the, the rest of the day to enjoy. I do. Unlike you, whose day has already been enjoyed. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on as my very, very, very special guest. Um, I'd just like to, um, if I may, ask you, would you be happy to share with our audience and, and listeners your experiences around relationships and what specifically were your main struggles to sort of uh, get stuck into the episode, so to speak, around that particular subject, because I think it's one that's going to be very relevant to a lot of our listeners that are listening today. Yeah. Um, so I have always been a very strong, independent woman. I um, became a single mom at the age of 21 and raised my daughter pretty much on my own. During that time, I, I did date um, a little bit, <clears throat> but it's also hard when you're raising a, a young child. <clears throat> and then in 2006, I had a long-term relationship come to an end, and I just decided that's it. I'm, I'm not going to date for a while. It's It was more, um, the breakup was harder on my daughter than it was on myself, and she was about the age of seven at that time seven and a half when that relationship ended. And so I just decided, you know, that this hurt her more than it hurt me. I don't want to have this impact again. Right. And so I decided to take a break from dating. Little did I know that a whole bunch of life would happen during that time. Um, I was focused on building my career. I took care of my grandmother who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's for um, almost five years. And then that led to losing two loved ones nine apart and me having my personal breakdown, which led to my breakthrough um, and rebuilding my life from that place of darkness. And so that, that moment that I decided I'm not going to date for a little while ended up becoming a period of 12 years. <laughs> and I built my career. I transitioned. I moved from Washington state near Seattle to Los Angeles for my career. Um, and have been on this wild and crazy, amazing journey and um, didn't start dating again until this year, 2019. So from 2006 to 2019, I didn't date. And it's not that necessarily I was opposed to dating once my daughter was older. It was more, I just never really met anyone that sparked that fire in me. I never met anyone that really felt like a good connection or something worth pursuing. And and so it ended up being a 12-year journey of me and me and doing the inner work and doing a lot of healing. Um, and yeah, it, it, was a, it was a fun period of time in my life. 
Yeah, I, I think for then, a lot of us, you know, that have been through, um, you know, what we might term dark episodes or, you know, serious challenges where we've had to sort of start that journey of looking at ourselves and what do we need to do to do that inner work? You know, that that can be, once we've come through the other side, a realisation, you know what, our stress, our stressings are our blessings in a way because they produce the biggest gifts and talents from the learning and wisdom we gain from that, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am a cl- completely different today than I was. And, and it's not just because of age. When that relationship ended, it was just a couple weeks shy of my 29th birthday. And now I'm at the age of 42, right? So in addition to the wisdom and experience that you gain just with life, with age, I also have been doing the work, the inner work and the healing and that journey. And so it's just a completely different place because of those, those dark times. What do you think was the cause? Was it you that instigated the breakup of your earlier relationship that affected your daughter? Uh, or, or was that caused by something that you've gained a, in, any insights or wisdom around now? You know, so it's funny. So I would have told you when that breakup occurred, Lynn, I would have told you that it ended because he cheated on me. But I can tell you today, after having done the work, um, that it ended because I created those. I called in that experience, right? That's what I was... I don't know, ready to handle. That's what I was looking for. That's what I was, um, um, I can't come up with the right words. I apologize. But I know now that that's what I called in, right? So I can't say that it was his fault and that he cheated because I'm the one that allowed that relationship to occur. I'm the one that called in that specific guy, which then resulted in that specific outcome, right? Um, So I can look back at my history now and I can tell you that I dated a lot of guys where I I knew subconsciously not consciously but subconsciously I knew that it wasn't going to work out and I knew that it would be easy for me to walk away Mm -hmm. and and I don't say easy in the sense of like just there's no emotions like there's always emotions but I knew that it would be I was dating guys who were non-committal or not emotionally available. And so that was easier than for me to say, this is done. You're an asshole. Yes. <laughs> right. And, and to put it on them without taking responsibility on my end. And I know that now looking back because of the work that I've done. Well, thank you for being, you know, so vulnerable and, and uh, so kind to share that wisdom with the audience, because I do feel regardless of how poor you might think your relationship or previous relationship was that in some way you've created the re- environment for that to show up as it did. And, yes. you know, we do have to look at ourselves and think, well, how, you know, ask ourselves some empowering questions that can be quite um, challenging, such as how have I contributed to this situation? Right. And I can say that in all of my relationships, in my my teens, my 20s, I put myself in a situation where I didn't seek out a partner. I sought out somebody who needed parenting. In all of my relationships, I was always the alpha. I was always the strong one. Mm. And now today, I'm looking for that partnership. It's a completely different outlook. And again, I mean, like I said earlier, some of that comes with age, but I believe most of it comes with the work. 
Most definitely, you know, and, and that work never stops. You know, I'm always thinking that, um, my gosh, you know, what, what else don't I know? <laughs> right, right. And it, it can sometimes be a huge responsibility to have the wisdom and insights, can't it? Because if you actually do embrace the fact that, you know what, I, I'm equally responsible for this challenge or this situation that's happening right now, rather than, you know, putting the onus or the blame on the other person, it can sometimes be quite a challenge to sort of, you know, handle that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, because you have to have that self-awareness and the um, the willingness to accept your own responsibility in, in the life circumstances. I, I can remember, you know, what, um, for me, I was previously in a 23-year marriage with my ex-husband and I've, I'm currently in a 10-year relationship with my beloved partner Paul now that uh, is is phenomenal but I can remember in the early years of our relationship that um, Paul and I had some real challenges because we we kept going through every sort of three or four weeks a major argument and I couldn't think well why is this happening because with my ex-husband there was never a crossword you know it was all peace and calm very very uh, stable and secure and I thought to myself, well, it must be his fault, right? It must be Paul's fault because I never had this with the ex. <laughs> but you oh, know what? Yeah. <laughs> when I looked at the situation and started asking myself those empowering questions, such as, you know, how am I contributing to, that, to this? I realized, you know what? Because this is what I teach around masculine and feminine energy and it, that we all have this. I realized that um, I'd always, because of... Um, <coughs> I suppose, being parented and educated to some degree um, in this modern world, um, took on some masculine traits and energy to, to to achieve more, to be more like men, you know, because they are our role models in the workplace or they were, you know, in my generation. But not only that, but, you know, if you've been through hurt or trauma, women tend to default in the masculine energy as a means to protect themselves. And what I wasn't realizing yeah. was in my relationship with my ex-husband, I was living a lot in my masculine energy, but he was stepping back and allowing that and living more in his feminine. And I wasn't attracted to that, which is ultimately, I now realize in hindsight, what, what um, you know, was, was contributing to that relationship culminating in its end. But then when I met right. Paul, who was very comfortable in his masculine energy, and I was still, you know, defaulting into my own masculine energy, I didn't realise I was contributing to these conflicts because, you know, um, he, all he can feel in those moments is another male energy in the room. And they feel, you know, men feel challenged by that. They, they won't consciously know what's happening, but they'll feel that masculine energy as a threat. <laughs> Yes, I, I can relate to that on so many levels, Lynn, because I, I have always lived in my masculine. It was my survival mechanism. Um, coming from my childhood, I, I had to live in my masculine to survive. I had a, um, a very volatile upbringing mm. and, and also becoming a single mom at the age of 21, right? Yes. I had to get out there and build my career in corporate America with a lot of men. Um, so yeah, I can totally relate to that. And that's ultimately what ended up happening with my relationships is I was the alpha. I was the masculine entity in the relationship. And so because I was showing up that way, I was seeking out, shall we say, right, or calling in those more feminine men that didn't have the masculine to butt up against me. So it was easier for me um, 
to stay in that role because I never had anyone, I never called in anyone who challenged it. No. And the thing is that, you know, as a strong woman, um, you do want to attract a very strong masculine male energy as, as your life partner. You, that's what you, we're looking for. And quite often what we don't realise is that was because we're also exuding that masculine energy, that's what's putting those men off and they're not attracted to that. Yes, absolutely. And quite often we can think, you know, all these masculine males, they don't want a nice, strong, you know, um, uh, woman who's successful. And it's not about that. It's not that they don't want a strong, successful woman. They just don't want a strong, successful woman who who's wearing the trousers and, and, and not giving him his balls back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and allowing him to be the man in the relationship. We, we forget, you know, that... Um, you know, in, in heterosexual relationships, if women are attracted to men, usually, you you know, it's the you've got the dominant, more dominant natural feminine energy. And we forget how to, you know, be our natural selves. We forget, you know, how to to be truly who we naturally are in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Because- yeah, it's, it's hard as a strong female will hard to um, this is the lesson I've been learning the past couple of years. Um, as I've begun to re-enter the dating world slowly. Um, I'm learning how to lean back, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, learning how to, I'm learning how to allow someone to do things for me because it's so natural for me to just do it myself or take care of myself or, you know, um, walk ahead instead of behind or sat on the side or, you know, there's all these little lessons have come up where, I've gone, whoa, Terika, lean back, lean back. <laughs> yeah, allow the man the gift of looking after you, you know, because if you don't like, give him that space, you know, to, to uh, and honour who he is as the man and the masculine energy in the relationship, you know, he'll either default more into his feminine energy, as did my ex-husband, or there'll be more conflict in your relationship. Yep. Because he'll feel that conflict of, um, you know, another masculine energy around him and he'll feel challenged by that. Absolutely. So um, what what um, was your position when you started dating again? Were you finding you were repeating some similar lessons or had everything changed by then? Um, everything's changed, Lynn, everything. Um, it's it's so funny because I'm very, very self-aware and I'm, I'm willing to um, look at myself and look at my actions in in deep ways and see what am I doing what am I calling in what happened here and I think I'm miles ahead from where I was in my 20s um like I said partly due to age partly due to the work um but I've noticed a significant difference in the men that I have um encountered in the dating world um but then I've also noticed that each of them has had some another lesson to teach me so I'm not there yet I'm still I'm still looking um, for my guy, but I think everyone that I've encountered during these past I don't know I'd say like 18 months um, has taught me a new lesson. Like uh, I met a wonderful guy who we didn't date, but we went out on one date, and he treated me like an absolute queen. He paid for everything. He opened my door. You know all of this stuff, and he was the first guy that had ever done that for me. And I was you know 41 years old. Um, Wow. And that was 
was such a valuable lesson for me. And wow, like this does exist, right? Mm, yes. Uh, there are guys out there like this. And, and it was the best date I've ever had in my entire life. And we're just friends. Um, only ever went out that one time. But that night was meant to show me what's possible, right? Um, and then the couple other guys that I have dated um, this year have both shown me new things and taught me new things. Um, and I think it's confirmation that I'm on the right path and, and to continue doing the work and to keep calling in what it is that I'm looking for. So completely different personality and character types than what I dated previously. Mm. Um, it's It's been quite remarkable just to, to watch this as it evolves. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, we just need to learn as women, I think, to give men the time and space to be the man in the relationship. You know, because uh, I think a lot of women as well, yes. you know, especially, you know, probably as we get older, even more, uh, and maybe if they haven't yet had children, even more, um, you know, are, are quick to want the relationship to progress, you know, and, and already before they've even been on a date are fantasizing about getting a ring on the finger and getting married. And, you know, that that, has, that, that weight of any expectation around that is the biggest turn off for men. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. It absolutely. Really it really is, girl. So, yeah, allow him it's to also, lead as you would in a dance. Yes. I was going to say, it's also been quite interesting just learning more about the male species um, and, and recognizing that while I may be really quick to make decisions or to do things, like they may be more simple and more um, and need to think it through or need to process it and just interesting little things that I've learned here and there just about men in general. Um, and then I've also had to really do some heartfelt work around what am I looking for? Do I want somebody who is just supportive of the work I do? Cause I'm a heart space coach. Mm -hmm. I'm also an author and a speaker. I do a lot of different things, right? Very ambitious woman. I, I, as my grandmother would say, I don't sit on my laurels. <laughs> um, do I want somebody who's just supportive of the work I do? Or do I want somebody who's equally ambitious and driven, right? I've really had to sit in those uncomfortable moments and look at the relationships that I've called in and assess what part of that is missing for me or what am I really looking for? Mm. And, and what's been the answer? Have you had any answers to those questions show up for yourself? Yeah, because every less, every relationship teaches me the next lessons, right? Mm. <laughs> so, or a repeat of another it, lesson that you didn't it, learn before. <laughs> well, I'm hoping to not repeat, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, I would say in this last relationship, I, I definitely had to face that um, – do I want somebody who's just supportive and encouraging of the work that I do and, and there for me, you know, to hold the space for me, or do I need somebody who's equally ambitious? And I came to the conclusion, I do need somebody who's equally ambitious. I, I can't have somebody who's comfortable settling for a small and comfortable life. I want so much more than that. And so I need, I do need somebody who's equally ambitious and a go-getter and, and out there making impact and, and driving change in the world. Absolutely. And I, th I think that's true for many, you know, um, high achieving women as well, that that is what they do want in a man they want to attract. But then it's mm -hmm. remembering, you know, to, to um, 
if you need to, I mean, I'm not saying that um, being in your masculine energy is wrong. I mean, if you need to in the workplace, then by all means, you know, demonstrate those masculine traits and, and energies. But what I don't want women to do is then take that back home with them, you know, and, and use it behind closed doors or in their dating life. It's to then shrug that off, you know, shrug off those masculine energy traits uh, and be the you know, tap into, you know, what makes you feel feminine? And that's different for all of us. It isn't necessarily about, you know, wearing high heels and, and loads of makeup and nail varnish and all this. It's different for all of us as to what makes you feel feminine. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more, Lynn, because there, there are a lot of um, uh, stereotypes around women. And I've all often felt like I don't fit into the female world, I fit more into the male world. <laughs> mm. um, so I would love to go there with you. One, um, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people feel is what women need to be like beautiful and wear the makeup and, and the high heels and dress up and look cute and sexy and this and that and the other. And I'm not a girly girl. I've never been a girly girl. I grew up in the country. Um, and, and so while yes, I'm feminine, I'm not someone who's going to do my nails or wear makeup or wear a dress and stiletto heels. That's, that's not me. That's completely inauthentic with every fiber in my being. And so recognizing that there are ways for me to show up in my femininity without having to do those things and still be attractive, right? Um, because it is completely different for me than it is for a lot of women. Definitely. You know what? I've never... Well, I think there's only been a handful of times where I've I've wore makeup as a, as a, you know, uh, and I'm not somebody that that feels comfortable in makeup. Um, so I don't wear makeup. But what makes me feel feminine is I like to put a flower in my hair, you know, um, and I like to wear not high heels because I can't walk in them. <laughs> but I, you know, if I, I feel I'll wear a slight kitten heel or a, or a wedge if I want something a little bit higher. And I wear more sort of, I suppose, hippie or, or um, floaty gypsy type skirts or dresses. That They're the things that make me feel feminine. And it's not about showing any cleavage. I don't like to show a lot of cleavage and I don't like to show a lot of leg. You know, that's not what, what makes me feel feminine. And that isn't what represents femininity. You know, it's not about how much you put on display. You know, that, that can come across to men as being quite desperate, actually, and needy, which, again, you know, they can pick up on. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I can say with now the experiences that I've had in the past on stating, for me, my strongest feminine energy shows up when I'm with somebody who I know is able to hold that space for me. When it's somebody who makes me feel safe and comfortable and I can just like they can wrap me up in a bear hug and I just melt. Yes. Like that for me is where my feminine energy shows up the strongest. And I think it's because that's not something that I've ever had. I've never had a guy that made me feel safe and comfortable and like I, I could relax and the world wouldn't fall apart. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what I've recognized through this that I need is someone that makes me feel that way. So then I do feel comfortable to lean back. Mm. And that, that takes a lot of trust and faith, doesn't it, as well, you know, from both sides, from both parties, you know, him to allow you the space to feel 
feminine and, and vulnerable and vice versa. You know, the, there's a lot of strength in the feminine vulnerability. And, and I'm not trying to educate women. Some people mistakenly think that, you know, oh, you're edu- you're taking women back to the 50s. You know, you want them behind the sink and and uh, no, submissive no. and subservient and uh, and all this. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. That, you know, that, that, that is far from what I'm educating women to be. You know, that, that if that for me is the unhealthy feminine, that there's, yeah. but the, the healthy feminine is the sensual woman that's confident in herself, you know, that, that's comfortable with sharing her vulnerability uh, and knowing that's her, her greatest strength. Yes, that's so true, Lynn, because that was one of my biggest obstacles to overcome in the dating realm, because I always felt like that's what you were supposed to be. And I'm not weak. I'm not needy. I'm not somebody who's just going to, you know, be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen, right? That's not me. And I could never be that woman. And that, I think that was one of the the obstacles that I had to face head on and recognize that that's not what it means to be feminine. That's not what it means to be a woman. Um, and that was quite the process for me. Most certainly. And I think that a lot of women have that perception, you know, the, the healthy feminine is that is that is a nurturer and carer, but you know, she's, she's confident within that role. You know, it's not from a, a place of being submissive and, and that, that is, you know, if you're in that place, the unhealthy feminine, then you are more likely to attract a toxic relationship because you'll attract a man who's in his unhealthy masculine, you know, and he will be that right. chauvinist pig who's possessive, controlling and, you know, uh, very much, um, I suppose, uh, the, the dominant tyrant in the relationship. So I'm not advocating that, that that's the, the healthy relationship that we're striving to achieve at all. Uh, because, you know, the, the, within the right. masculine as well, there's the healthy and the unhealthy. Absolutely. And Yeah. But I just, I, I love that you bring that up because that is something that I struggled with in dating. And I think I, I just kept pushing against it or rebelling against it, which then pushed me even further into my masculine energy, if mm. that makes sense. Definitely. It just makes sense. Because uh, I kept like, I will not be that needy passive woman, you know? And so I was rebelling against that and going even further into my masculine energy because of that rebellion. Um, And I I think a lot of women are afraid to recognize that it's not, it's not about that. It's about showing up as a woman and as a woman in the relationship. And like you said, holding the space, being the nurturer, being the caregiver, but also being independent. And that's the part that I had to realize um, is that I still get to be me, right? I still get to be me and show up as me. I just need to soften a little and be willing to allow someone else to hold space for me and to do things for me that I've, I've never, I don't want to say I've never allowed anyone, but I've really never encountered anyone who was able to hold up that end for me. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you've done a lot of good work. You know, um, you, you are certainly coming across as somebody who recognises the truth of what's been happening and, and why it's happened to, um, you know, be where you're currently at in terms of your relationship status. Yes. Yeah. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm extremely self-aware and I recognise where, where it's me. When I look at something, if 
if a relationship ends or something occurs, I don't look at it from the blame or the victim aspect. I really look at it from that self-awareness and what did I do to call this in and what did I do to allow this to happen and where did I maybe not speak up when I should have spoken up and um, I've always been really really comfortable with that self-awareness that self uh, analysis I guess you could call it Mm. Um, because I recognize that my life isn't a mixture of somebody else's fault (laughs) my life is what I have called in or what I have allowed and not to say that there's never blame to be placed like yeah sometimes people do things that hurt you right Mm. but ultimately what did I do to allow that to happen because I'm the one that allowed it Lynn like yes they may have done something like cheated on me that hurt me but I allowed it it's my life Mm. right yeah so I I've always been really really self-aware um which is a, a blessing and a curse sometimes I think <laughs> but um <laughs> but I'm, I'm aware of my faults and I'm aware of my um my my mindset and and my emotions and so I always look at things from that perspective to see how can I learn how can I grow how can I move forward from this excellent I love what you've just said and I think it's going to be so valuable for women who can identify with what you've been through and, and your journey um, to hear your pearls of wisdom around what you've learned. Yes. Cause there are so many women. I, I, I think you and I had this conversation earlier. I have a lot of friends who are single moms. I have a lot of friends who are female entrepreneurs and, and we've had these conversations about, you know, there's just, there's no men out there. There's nobody strong enough to take me on. There's nobody, you know, I emasculate men. I intimidate men, you know, this, that, and the other conversations. Um, But at the end of the day, it's, wait a minute, like I haven't done the work and I'm not calling in that partner that I'm seeking. Um, And so I know from my own experience and then just a lot of my, my friends and acquaintances, they also struggle with that. So I, I think this is so valuable for women out there to recognize that it's not that there's no good men out there. It's, you need to do the work to call them in. Definitely. And uh, you quite can't often... call them in until you do the work. <laughs> yeah, 100% right. And uh, quite often if we are saying things like men feel intimidated and emasculated by me, that then that's probably quite often the truth of the matter that you are doing or showing up in your masculine energy and trying to be the man in that relationship. And that's what they're picking up on. Right, absolutely. So on that note, Tirika, um how can our audience and listeners get hold of you? What's your best contact information? Um, you know, Lynn, the best contact is probably just my website because it does include all of my um, social media links. And um, there's also a contact form on there. So it's www.terikawright.com. And that's probably the best way to get a hold of me because, again, it has, it has all the links. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable enough with me today to share all these issues that we've talked about around, you know, what it's like for women who have been, you know, that successful career woman and how that has challenged uh, and shown up either relationships that have been great or not, (laughs) as the case may be on that journey, because I think a lot of women are going to massively relate to this. I, I hope so. And I can't thank you enough for having me on today, Lynn. It has been my pleasure. Well, on that note, I'm just going to finish off by saying, as I always do, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.